0: You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Hey everyone and welcome to PlayStation Unchained episode 37. I know this isn't the amazing Mike Herodon speaking to you for the host but... It's me, Chilly, for once hosting. Uh, and this week we've got Mike as the co-host as always. Welcome, Mike.
1: Yeah, you can't get rid of me. How's it going, Ben? Uh, pretty good, thank you. And you? Good, thank you. Just enjoying the weekend, man.
0: Mm. Uh, we've also got Glenn Gordon with us this week. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing pretty well. Excited to be here. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, yes. And we have a very very special guest that we I've been saying about for a long time now who we've wanted for ages but he's been too busy but thank you so much for coming Shahid hello hello
2: thank and you so much nice for me. for joining us no thank you for having me and thanks for being so patient because uh, I've been stringing you along for so long now
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just wanted to prove that we wanted to have you on yeah I don't mind <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's great to have you on, man. Thanks very much. We really appreciate it. I'm having myself on PSU.com. Thank you yeah. for joining us today. Yeah. You're most welcome.
0: Um, so, how's your day been today? I see you've been tweeting about football.
2: Yes, uh, about half an hour ago, I was in abject misery as my beloved Liverpool got taught a lesson in tactical genius by that sod Mourinho. Oh, That's... no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, I, I was... <laughs> In quite a bad place, and I have to say, normally I'm pretty positive on Twitter, but I think the whole whole world saw me fall to pieces in the space of two hours as as my team got shown how to play football by um, by Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. So yeah, I was down, and had you caught me 25 years ago, I wouldn't been <laughs> in the podcast, and uh, I would have been smashing stuff around the flat and so on. But I'm I'm a bit more grown up now, so so onwards and upwards. Onwards. So- league that's the spirit
3: just to clarify you're talking about um european football it's soccer right soccer Not... yeah, yeah soccer I'm, I'm american so i need a translator sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um so
2: uh, well Sorry, that was a deliberate awkward silence on my yeah. part <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and i'm just saying a bit confused about all of it yeah. <laughs> sports confuse
1: me hey it's the world cup yes uh, later this year though isn't it when does that begin or am I completely wrong?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, June, I think. Not yeah, not now. not
1: far off, not far off. Wow, yeah. I can't believe four years. Where's that gone, man? Because um, oh jeez, I remember the last one. That's just flown by. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to derail ah, you, ben. <laughs> it. It's
0: okay. That's the whole point of unchained. Good. Point. Uh, so we'll we'll go straight into questions if that's all right, Shahid. Feel free. Um, the first question is the current state of Indies and how Sony has done such an amazing job since PS4 launched. What, what's your opinion on what's been happening it's it's been quite an amazing journey recently to be honest it's not just the ps4 though and the vita as well
2: yeah i th- I think the the term indie has um, become pretty fashionable over the last year year and a half and it's, it's just just gathered pace so there's a lot more awareness around indie and i, I guess it helps that um, PlayStation has been so vocal. You know, people at PlayStation have been pretty vocal as well. Let's, let's make it clear it's been also a very personal effort on behalf of a lot of people to to talk about indies in, in a very open and very supportive way. Of course, you did have independent developers before, and PlayStation's always worked with independent developers and in one form or another. It's just never been so overt. And the other thing is that that's really dramatically changed over the last couple of years is that, the, the indie scene and the development scene is, has exploded you know, as a result of things like digital distribution and self-publishing and so on. The whole scene is is just amazing now with, with so much talent flowering all over the world. So I would say, yeah, it's, it's been a very, very important part of what we've been doing on Vita for the last two years. And obviously, the momentum we built up with Vita carried through into PS4 launch. And as you know, last E3, we had a whole host of indies up on stage. That's how important they were. And at the last Gamescom, where I got to stand up and say my bit, again, it was very much about how indies are supporting PS4 and and Vita and so on. And that's just going to continue.
0: I really also, I really hope you're, you're a gamer this year. That was an amazing uh, conference last year.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I was actually called in at the last minute for that because they were going to talk about something else. I, I can't remember which...
0: Uh, uh, it was going to be Drive Club originally.
2: Okay, so, yeah. so the previous session got cancelled um, at, at short notice, and I got called up literally the day before and asked, listen, do you, do you want to do this um, and, and talk about whatever you want, um, maybe indies or something? And I said, uh, okay, not much notice, <laughs> but let's give it a crack. <laughs> so I basically finished that um, presentation, the the deck, that is, literally on the morning of um, of... Eurogamer Expo and I was putting the finishing touches to it in the cab on the way over and I hadn't really thought about what I was going to say until I actually stood up on the stage and started talking so pretty much the entire presentation was improvised.
3: Yeah I've been there <laughs> and uh, just and- not, not on such a big level of course just as as a college student I've been, had to uh, a mass communications major I'd had to give, give kind of impromptu speeches now and then especially if I've fallen behind and it's like kind of annoying to do
1: rather you and me who i remember my college days <laughs> <laughs> um, and i understand um, um ben uh, you two have actually met haven't you at Eurogamer? and that's when you guys met am i right last year
0: yeah we met at the end of his conference
1: awesome
2: yeah
0: i actually waited outside i sat outside the uh, waiting area for about an hour and 20 minutes before your conference
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's dedication as yes I, it is I hope I didn't disappoint
0: uh, no as a, trust me it was one of the best conferences I've been to uh, yeah it topped the No Kojima conference the year before mainly oh, because oh. I was right at the back and I, I couldn't really hear anything but <laughs> yeah uh,
3: that being able to hear it does make it a little better I think yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll go to the next question so with the current indie developments, uh, how do you think it's going to evolve over in, in, this generation? Do you think more in develop, uh, indies are going to jump to PlayStation? Do you think that a lot of the indie companies now are going to become bigger? Yeah, not AA, but sort of in between the two.
2: Yeah, definitely. And we're already beginning to see that. The the quality is improving literally month by month. and. You know, one of, one of the problems that we have in the indie world that a lot of indies talk about is visibility. How do, how do you get your games visible? Well, it's never been easier to make a video game. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. And what that means is it's become a lot more democratic. It's open to a lot more people. A lot more uh, people also outside of the games industry have started to make games. And that, I think, is a beautiful thing because it's what really injects massive creativity into the scene. And that's what really excites me about the scene. But the other thing is, I mean, in in terms of improving visibility, the very best thing you can do is improve your quality, do something outstanding, and then ensure that with the right level of word of mouth and and marketing and so on, that you get your game in front of as many people as possible, and and that's beginning to happen more and more as well. So so the quality is definitely going up all the time. I mean, you talked about um, AA, yeah. I mean that 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 whole publishing space for AA completely collapsed and. About a year or so ago, my my prediction was, and it wasn't a particularly difficult prediction, was that the best indies would start to um, fill that vacuum by creating games of exceptionally high quality. I think we're beginning to see that now as well. So it's it's a very exciting time. And the great thing is, in the old days, I say the old days, about three or four years ago, um, I think what happened was that a lot of creativity went out of AA, so it became a very safe, um, area, and and people made a lot of lot of games that look like pretty much every other game out there. You know, it became so formulaic uh, that it was pretty boring. And the thing that indies bring to that is they make it fresh, exciting. They're bringing new new mechanics, new ideas, new visuals, uh, new experiments in audio all the time. So so for me, it's a, it's a very exciting time. Awesome, man. Awesome,
3: Thanks. thank you. I was just thinking a little while ago about how cool some of these how just how creative some of these indies were and i'm I'm just like what if one of these studios what what if like phil fish or or, or one of these smaller indie studios somehow ended up with a a big triple a budget like what i I, i'm just imagining what they could come up with because some of these games are just kind of so creative and and you're developing a game too right well
2: I've, i've been trying to develop several but um Oh I haven't, I haven't got the the time or the talent to to keep up. So
3: come on. Um, of most course. of my time,
2: most of my time is taken up with with my job, um, which which is so damn cool that it kind of sucks up pretty much all of my attention. I, mean, I, I love what I do, so so naturally I want to do it as long as I can and um, give it as much of my effort as I can while I can. So it means I don't have much time left over for. For making games, but I'm I'm chipping away gradually, slowly, working on a number of different projects bit by bit, and my approach is is really simple. Um, because for me, the most important thing in in creating a game is ensuring you keep momentum going. Is that because I don't have a lot of time to get that momentum built up in the first place? Whenever I hit a roadblock with one of my projects, I immediately switch to another project, um, and then pick up where I left off. And I, I very often find that when I pick up where I left off, the momentum that I'd previously lost through hitting a, a brick wall is recovered because I now know how to fix the original problem. You mm. know, your subconscious has been working on it or you've just got better at what you're doing and so you understand more things. So eventually it's, it's going to be like London buses. You know, You're going to wait two or three years for my games and suddenly three or four all come out at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh,
0: so one day we might see a, a game by you on the PlayStation Store.
2: I certainly hope so. Uh,
0: I shall buy that straight away. I don't know. I don't care what it is. I'll just buy it.
2: <laughs> I hope not to disappoint you, Ben.
0: Uh, you won't be. Um, just to
1: clarify, it's not just London buses. It's everywhere. Trust me, uh, red and included. Yes, <laughs> it's, an,
0: it's in America too. It's the okay. Same. It's the same in Scarborough as well.
1: <laughs> Scarborough, yeah. <laughs> what's next? What's next, Ben? Uh, the
0: Okay, well, you pretty much covered a bit of this earlier, actually, the impact social media now has on the way we play video games and how we advertise games nowadays. Yeah, because indies are great, uh, social media is a great way to advertise indie games, correct?
2: Utterly massive. Um, The the impact of social media, I mean, it's probably the most important um, event, or, well, not necessarily event, I wouldn't call it an event because there have been so many, but I think it's been the most important change in the way video games are discussed. So many hits are created through word of mouth now. It, it's incredible. And the way that starts is you have a bunch of people who are very, very passionate about a certain author. They, they're really clued up. They really know what that uh, author or designer um, or, or creative uh, individual is, is working on. They keep track on exactly what they're up to all the time. And these, these are what um, the likes of Seth Godin describe as the tribe. And the the tribe amplifies that creator's um, work all the time. And eventually what happens is that something gets picked up. um, It becomes widely broadcast, much more than you'd expect, and that becomes a hit. And that's a completely different type of uh, marketing model to anything we've ever seen before. In the old days, you did have word of mouth before the Internet and so on um word of mouth traveled a bit more slowly and you had fewer hits but now word of mouth can be instant i mean the way the way hashtags and memes develop on twitter for example you know it can happen instantaneously suddenly you know you're halfway through a day and you've missed a quarter of day of somebody else's hashtag and you're going oh what well, what happened there how did that happen you know how how did i miss this i'm on twitter all the times and and this started literally a quarter of a day ago you know it's the (laughs) afternoon this started late morning and I've already missed it so the speed of um communication the speed of uh meme transmission and idea transmission is so quick now that that fads and um interesting concepts and ideas and, and and pretty much anything can spread at the speed of light so so that's the most I guess um deep change that's happened to the marketing of video games and every other form of um medium including music for example you know music also spreads like that i don't know if you've heard of the musician alex day for example i mean he's he's spread his music primarily through youtube and it's his followers on youtube that really managed to turn him into a star and he's he's turned down record companies because he gets more than enough through youtube advertising so that's very very new and, and also very very exciting
3: uh it can be a double-edged sword youtube's how justin bieber got here yeah yeah <laughs> sorry scratch that whole second
0: <laughs> i'm just kidding plus it means i can pester people on twitter that i wouldn't normally be able to contact it's it's it's, it's social media is just amazing
2: <laughs> right and, and i do exactly the same thing you know um there, there are quite a few people out there who i i send the odd tweet to and you know how busy they are. You know, some of these people have millions and millions of followers. And, and if you ever get a reply back or something, it's, oh, my God, a man from the heavens. You know, it's, it's quite transformative <laughs> how, how the whole um, social media environment has changed the way we communicate. Because, you know, let's face it, before social media, this would have been practically impossible. The amount of effort you would have to have made to get in contact with people just stopped people getting in contact in the first place you know it was such a massive barrier um and and for me social media has been massively important to the way we've related to independent developers as well as fans of independent games i think without it it would have been very very difficult for me to reach as many developers as i did
0: yeah and thanks to the power of social media i have you and yoshida on my friends list somehow.
3: Nice. This man, <laughs> this man just has all sorts of connections. I don't know yeah. how... He... I,
0: I don't know why people talk to me. I, 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 why do people part with my tweets? Why?
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> even have Twitter. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still living in the um, 90s or something. I think I need to we <laughs> come yeah. forward to the future. <laughs>
3: we, have had, we have had a fan email or tweet us for weeks, and in every like email, every tweet, he's telling Mike to get a Twitter. And Mike yeah,
1: might get a Twitter, might get a Twitter, yeah.
0: I think we got an email this week was literally just, Mike get a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: oh, Mike? Yes. Uh, you need to get on Twitter.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It was, okay, Shahid's told me, so I will obviously get it. Yeah. Mike, yes. They have to get it now. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, what kind of person would I be if I didn't get it now? I seriously.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. What's up next, Ben? Uh,
0: the let's talk about something that I'm really interested in because I I like especially I found out that you can wear glasses underneath it. That just uh oh. Project Morpheus. Do you think there'll be any indie titles aimed at Project Morpheus in the future? Because well, I think I don't know. If it seems better for indie titles than it would be AA titles.
2: I think there's going to be um, a lot of independent developers working with Morpheus. And I think some of the most exciting um, new experiences are going to come from independent developers. Uh, Yoshida-san has also been very optimistic about this as well, because when you have any kind of new technology or transformative technology, any kind of paradigm shift, what happens is it, it opens up a door for new people to get in. That's, for me... Um, the great power of paradigm shifts or generational shifts you know you see it every time there's a, con- a new generation of consoles people who weren't really big on the previous generation suddenly have an opportunity to become big and they do you see it every time and i think with morpheus you're you're introducing this technology into uh, an environment in which there's more creativity than ever before and the technology is more accessible than it's ever been before, the tools are better than they've been before, so what you're going to get? You're going to get some amazing experiences from some of the most creative people in the world.
0: And some of, Well, some of the greatest people, as you said, it's just some of the, uh, uh, I can't imagine what some of the indie titles are going to be like with the with the Project Morpheus or whatever it ends up being called.
2: Well, Jeff Mint is working on Morpheus, for example. Oh. I probably shouldn't say that but uh, i i just have and imagine what he's gonna do just gotta be good <laughs>
3: now can i add to that um what about move i guess, i was just thinking about how morpheus um was said to also use move technology somehow do you think indies um, now that more indies are joining playstation do you think uh, some of them might become more interested in playstation's motion technology because I, I really like, I really like the move. I, I think it's really great, perfect one-to-one motion uh, that we haven't really seen before. Um, so, do how do you think indies are are going to embrace that if they will at all? I, I think
2: it's a, a really good question. One of the things that I remember fondly from um, my early days with Move because um, I, I was the evangelist for PlayStation for Move from Europe. So basically, it was my job to go and talk about Move to you know pretty much every big developer and publisher around uh, and to show them what was possible. And one of my favorite demos was when we had 3D TV and you were moving uh, the move controllers, one in each hand, in and out of the scene to move blocks around. And to me, that just felt like magic. Well, the next step for that, obviously, is to do it with uh, virtual reality. So I, I think that's going to be really transformative. One of the things I remember about um, playing with the Oculus, which which I really liked, was um, I, I really did feel a sense of presence. But the thing that really, um, I think, threw me was I felt, I felt this urge to put my arms into the world. So I was moving my arms in front of me with the headset on, and they weren't there, and I felt disembodied. And it was, for me, that was, that was a bit odd um, and, and jarring. And I think with something like the move, that obviously goes away. So suddenly you have your arms in this real world, and suddenly you're a lot more present. Then you would have been without
0: that. That is true. Though when you guys say reasonable, um the you know that uh I was get full body motion thing that they have with the Oculus Rift where you got like the treadmill? That was at Eurogamer last year and he was someone was demonstrating it. So I went up to the guy and asked him, Oh, so how much will that be when it's retail? And he said, Oh, it's just gonna be a reasonable price of a hundred thousand oh.
3: Yeah. oh right. Yeah. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah. I, I've got that in my back pocket right now.
0: No, I could just... Uh, yeah, just like what? <laughs> that's that, that's not a sentence you add reasonable to ever. <laughs>
2: well, I guess it depends on what kind of um, funds you have available and what you're doing with it. If you're if you're some massive multinational with a huge research budget, that's going to be peanuts to you, and and you're going to be creating. Maybe not games with it, but other applications that could benefit from that kind of tech. So, so yeah, to people attending Eurogamer, uh, 100K is not exactly chump change, but to, to many other companies doing exciting, cutting-edge research, it's like, yeah, whatever, well, yeah. 100K, there you go. If
0: it was a gamer developer con- conference and he said that, then maybe it'd be fine, but Eurogamer Expo. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah maybe not the right place to say 100K is reasonable.
0: but. <laughs>
1: Has there been any um, indication of um, how much Project Morpheus is going to cost? I mean, there's, um, this is just a general question to, out to anyone. There's, has there been anything
2: said or? Too early to talk about that. Really? Right.
3: Oh. Uh, Dangerous territory, mate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, it is genuinely too early to talk about that. But yeah, you know, when, when we've got something to say about it, we will that's good sure, sweet.
0: until sweet. then I'll keep throwing random amounts of money to my screen until one of them is the right <laughs> amount <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go to I think, what, I think one of our favourite topics here especially for Mike and me the Vita and me I love Vita, we love the Vita we're all lovers here, we, we're all lovers here. Every, every week we have a chance to talk about the Vita if we can even if there's no news topics about the Vita we'll somehow bring the Vita into the discussion
2: I'm so pleased to hear that.
3: Yeah, dude. Um, let me just illustrate this. I just got a Nintendo 3DS for my birthday with Pokemon X on it. And I've been playing it, but my Vita's been here. And like while I'm playing Pokemon, I have the urge to pick, it up, pick up my Vita and play like Final Fantasy or Persona or something. It's, it's ridiculous. So, Vita, Vita's an awesome console.
2: I'm so pleased to hear that. I'm just sitting here basking in the glow of that appreciation. <laughs> I got on my right beside me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, but yeah, I love my Vita. In fact, I've got too many games for my Vita. I know, I know. People say there's no games, but there is. There's a lot of games for the Vita. If you look for them, I have too many.
2: Do you know what? I think people have stopped saying that now, and it's become kind of like uh, a sarcastic thing. I kind of tweeted tweeted that sarcastic yeah. a little while ago because it, it, it is one of the most common things said. Two things are said about the Vita. First is that. People really love the machine, and I think it's it's generated a lot more love than just about any other console going. People really become attached to it. And the other thing is there are now so many games for it. Oh,
0: yes. I'm looking forward to, well, for the PS4 as well, the new Velocity game. Because like, uh, the next one's on the Vita as well, if I'm correct.
2: Yeah, Velocity 2X, it yeah. is absolutely stunning.
0: I, I'm still going to pester them stunning. to see if I can get my name back into it like the previous one, though. <laughs>
1: I um eh. I take a lot of um I am really grateful to Vita. It's not just the new games for the Vita as well of course because obviously they're great and I've got plenty of those but I just love the um the whole um just playing all the um the older games on it as well. I mean I'm a big retro gamer and it's just great to have all my you know Resident Evil and Tomb Raiders in one place which I can't actually play on the um, PlayStation 3 because um, I don't, my original copy of Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider 2 don't work so it's just great to have those on over it's kind of like a best I got like a best of retro on my Vita. it's just great I love it wow. I almost don't need to go on to anything else it's brilliant it's, that's sweet. what I love
0: what I was going to say about the Vita was do you think it's going to be a mainly an aim target for indie developers or do you think we'll see more AA titles in the future because right now sadly that area is a bit blank although there's enough indie titles to keep me going I just wanted if there's any, if you know anything about future plans. The,
2: that is a really, really good question. Um, I'll say a few things in response to that. The first is indie games are getting better and better all the time. That's the first thing. Second thing is there are more um, top flight titles coming. Uh, Football Manager recently came out, which is absolutely amazing. Um, it's the first title, as far as I'm aware, that allows you to cross-save your PC game and continue where you left off um, on the Vita, which is something people have dreamt of for a long time in Football Manager. So that's big. I don't know if you heard or not, but the whole JRPG Vita thing, um, we had an announcement on that recently with Tales of Hearts are coming to the West. So there are a lot of JRPG fans that are absolutely delighted about um, Namco Bandai bringing that over. And there will be more. But the the challenge is, we haven't, I mean, frankly, we haven't sold as many Vitas as we would have liked to have sold. And the economic reality is that it costs a lot of money to make a AAA game, a lot of money. And so they're going to be few and far between until the numbers go up. The good news is the numbers are going up. You know, there's a lot of love for the machine. Um, Love for the machine spreads by word of mouth. It is still selling. Um, It's doing uh, pretty... Pretty well, I would say, all things considered, because, you know, the signs last year weren't as good. And for us to still be around and for numbers still to be going up this year is really, really good news for us. And with with people like Sega, people like Namco Bandai coming to the platform with some of their top flight games, that's a healthy sign as well. And I expect that to continue. But yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is there are some amazing uh, games by independent developers. And the other thing is, I don't know if you heard any of the news coming out of PAX East recently, but just about every developer out there um, was saying that they want to make a, a Vita game. So there's a lot of development interest in Vita overall. And we're talking about all levels of developers. So that's really exciting. It's become quite a playground for, for developers. Um, and so, so that love is not just from the owners. It's from the entire development community as well. That's really exciting.
0: All I learned was I need to buy another Vita just to just to help with the sales numbers a
3: bit more. I need to buy more Vitas. <laughs> is that like stockpile of Vitas in your back, in your back closet? Oh, yeah. It's just
2: doing all right. As, as I say, we are, we are beginning to see um, more titles from the traditional publishers come to Vita now, so it is beginning to make sense for them.
3: So the, what about this new hardware, this new Vita that's come out? Um, obviously, a few things are different. Uh, how has feedback been for the for the brand-new Vita as opposed to the um, the older one with the OLED screen and, and the light-up button and all that good stuff? Feedback
2: has been, I'd say on the whole, very positive. It's a slimmer device. It feels great in the hands. It's lighter. Um, these are all the things that you'd expect. Obviously, it doesn't have the OLED, um, but the screen that you've got there is is pretty damn good regardless. Yeah, that's true. Gives me, that, that's me. the feedback we've been getting. I mean, the, there are some people who actually prefer the IPS display. I would say, if I'm being totally frank, um, that, that most owners prefer the OLED display. But then it's a trade-off, isn't it? If you want the slimness, lightness, um, and that, that, that whole experience, it's going to come at a price. And um, I, I would like both. I mean, in my world, I'd have both meters. I'd have the old one sitting at home and I'd have the new one in my bag all the time. <laughs> a pretty do you good see,
3: idea. Do you see them making... One, one thing I noticed um, watching TGS last year, they had the, the multicolored Vitas, and they had uh, pictures on the back, on, on the rear touchpad. Do you see them doing, like, uh, special edition Vitas like that in the future?
2: Um, that, that back panel um, customization, that that's available to publishers if they want to go down that route. Oh, cool. So it really is entirely up to publishers where they want to go down that road
3: so a publisher can say okay i, I i'm media Molecule can say okay i'm releasing little big planet three and it's going to be on vita so i just want to make a special vita with um sack oil on the back they can just do that
2: well they they can't do that um we'd have to do it in conjunction with them because obviously we control the manufacture and sure. in media molecules case obviously there are um, that they work with PlayStation so it'd be it'd be down to worldwide studios as to whether they they wanted to create um a, a batch of vitas with with that modification it really does depend on the demand as well you know if customers really really want that then that's something that can happen
0: so guys if you really want any custom designs for future games make sure you pester pester them
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool
0: oh, that is pretty cool yeah
3: because I was looking at them in Tokyo, I was like, "That's so cool! I want to see more customization like that." So, so I'm, I'm, kind of blown away that 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 can actually happen. Cool.
0: Oh, by the way, I am really looking forward to Boardlands Two on Avita.
1: Yes. I'm... So sacrificed out over here. I love the first one. <laughs> that was
3: brilliant soul sacrifice i still have it i need to i need to play that when i get a chance i've been wrapped up in final fantasy and it's just such a long such a big game it's hard to get through all of it
1: so soul sacrifice so be prepared
0: (laughs) (laughs) so glenn you had a couple more questions for shahid
3: sure um now this was one i think i tried to ask once but there's been a lot of talk about how easy it is now just to get a game onto PlayStation. And, you know, I guess the sort of tagline for a little while was it's as easy as just sending uh, Shia to tweet. So uh, my question is, what exactly happens once a developer sends you a tweet and says, hey, I want my game on PlayStation? What's the process that happens after that?
2: They sign up. You know, they go through a registration process. Uh, We have a site called nohurdlesjustgames.com. You go there, you sign up, Uh, You get sent some agreements, you sign them, um, return them. And uh, from there on, you can work with the developer relations team, um, both uh, in Europe and in the US. And also if you want to publish in Japan, there as well. Um, Usually best to start off with your home territory. Um, And and there is the case of getting some hardware. And once you've got some development hardware, um, you start making games. You know, there's lots of great middleware available now you know we've got unity we've got game maker game maker is of course available um free to every playstation developer um and then you can use the standard tools that we provide as well so if you want to create a c++ game you want to do it with fire engine which is our own middleware you can do that so uh, after that you submit just like you would to just about any other platform it goes through a qa process um and then it's out in the store it's it, it's really quite straightforward i mean there you know there are some Things that you need to do there, there is some admin work that you need to do in order to get set up, but it 's never been easier i wouldn 't call it easy. I think <laughs> that might be going too far. Um, I would say it's easier than it 's ever been, which is why we 've got more developers working with us than we 've ever had
3: so um, it, it's a lot. so what was it like before um, how How complicated for lack of a better term what what changed how is it so different
2: um, it was brutally hard we had a concept i say brutally hard um for independent developers it would have been brutally hard because first of all you had to go through a concept approval process you wouldn't be able to become um a developer licensed to use tools unless um, you'd gone through this concept approval process in the really old days if you didn't have a good enough idea or you didn't have enough experience and so on you wouldn't get onto PlayStation to begin with. It was an extremely curated platform and it was designed for uh, absolute top-end developers. I think part of the reason for that was simply because it was very, very hard to make games for these platforms in the old days. And PS2 is not an easy platform to program, right? So you need to be Mm. really, really skilled to do it. Mm. So the business environment changed. And as a result of the business environment changing, we changed to adapt accordingly. And the business environment was much more about a few developers of exceptionally high skill. And now it's about, uh, and I'm talking about exceptionally high technical skill. And now you don't need to be as technically skilled to make a great game because there are so many great tools that will help you do that. And of course there's much more talent around. So we've just made it a lot easier as a result of that changing business environment.
3: That's really cool.
2: That well, thank cool. you for that.
3: So, um... With this, with this process that you have, this new one, um, obviously, um, the other side, Xbox has jumped on as well, and they've created ID at Xbox, and they were making some news for a while about a controversial clause that they had that said, um, you know, you, you have to like publish on Xbox first, or, um, alongside another company, or you can't publish on X, on ID at Xbox at all. So have you ever, have you yet, reached uh, a developer and, and they said, I'm sorry, we can't be on PlayStation because you know we, we're on Xbox right now. Has that affected PlayStation at all?
2: I, w- I would say that we've got no shortage of developers interested in making PlayStation games at the moment. So in that sense, I don't think we've really been affected because the other thing is obviously we're, we're quite some way in the lead in terms of just numbers of devices out there on the PS4. Mm
3: -hmm. So
2: that kind of makes it more appealing from an independent developer's perspective. But the most important thing is this. I mean, not necessarily wishing to comment on on other companies. Sure. the, The important thing from a developer's perspective is that it's extraordinarily hard for independent developers to make multiple versions of their game for release at the same time. They're very resource constrained. So really it makes sense for them to just go for one platform and if they want to port it, they can then do a port and that will take some time and then they, they've got another platform under their belt and, and and so on. And sometimes they'll work with other companies happy to do the ports. I know that's been the case for PlayStation. We've done that a fair bit. We've helped developers um, with, with um, porting houses, developers of the likes of Abstraction, Blit Games. Um, the, these are companies are like to session musicians. They're exceptionally technically gifted and they help um, an independent developer who's got great creative potential target PlayStation with you know technically excellent content. So all of these things mean that it's very hard for a developer to create multiple versions of a game at the same time. Obviously, if you're a great big uh, AAA publisher with huge internal teams and resources to to burn, then you can do a, a, a multi-platform release. But for an independent developer who's highly resource constrained, that's a very, very difficult scenario for them. That's why we don't have any kind of um, parity clause or, or anything of the sort.
3: I'd imagine so. Like, I mean, for something that's uh, so, such a small such small company, some of these indie developers are remarkably tiny. In fact, I think I've seen a couple on Kickstarter that were just one person as well. Um, yeah. so- I can't.
2: We work with developers of that size. I mean, um, you know, we, sometimes we get them over to our offices as well and, and take them through the ropes. You know, this is what you need to do to submit. It's not going to be easy, um, but we'll we'll show you how to do it. Um, we, we did that literally last week with a developer that we're working with. I'll, I won't name the developer, um, but he's a lovely guy, and he's on his own making a Vita game, and we talked him through exactly what he'd need to do to go through submission and so on.
0: That's really good. That's very good of you to actually help with stuff like that. It's it's pretty remarkable for a company to go that far. Uh, I want to give you an applaud for that.
3: You know, it's not just the company either. I I looked. I, of course, I googled you before we started recording today. <laughs> uh, I, I'd be irresponsible not to. Did, did Did you find
2: all that dirt then? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I found lots of dirt. Now. Um. It, it was cool. This was a quote from you from Edge. It said um, oh no, I'm sorry, not this quote. It said basically that a developer's Vita got stolen. I think for left rousers, um the Vlambeers, their Vita got stolen and you personally went and delivered the replacement. Like there's this personal there's this personable experience working with Sony now as an individual developer that I, I guess wasn't there before and that Sony many indi- developers are impressed with but that must be a lot of work like to go all the way to their studio just to deliver them a Vita.
2: Okay so what happened there was uh, Rami was over at um, uh, Eurogamer in fact and it was Eurogamer the year before the the one that Ben came to. Yeah
0: I I was I think I was there when you were actually talking about giving him the.
2: Yeah um, it it was my Vita but because um, it, it was a weekend and it wasn't a business thing. You know, this, this is the thing. People have to understand, I didn't do this because um, I thought it was the right thing for the business to do. Rami was in London and he was exhibiting and he was showing a version of Super Crate Box and um, his, you know, his Vita got stolen and he let, I think he let Ricky know, Ricky Haggett. Do you know Ricky? Um, Ricky of Honey Slug. He's a lovely guy. Um, And and then Ricky contacted me and said, uh, Rami's trying to get hold of you. I managed to hook up with Rami. And, you know, he didn't sound happy. And I was really upset for him because I thought he's been around the world. And here he is in London and his his Vita gets nicked. That's just such a scummy thing to do to someone, you know. Um, And and I was dying of a cold. I was in, in bed and this is on a Friday. And I thought, you know what? I don't want him going away thinking London's the worst place I've ever been to, you know. So I said, listen, I'll, I'll sort this out. And I came over the next morning, picked him up um, from his hotel, gave him my Vita, uh, got Lorenzo on the phone. Lorenzo went into the office. Lorenzo's a star of this as well, by the way. Went over to the office, made sure that all the, all the tools, this is on a Saturday, um, made sure all the tools got over to Rami and everything. And we got him up and running. He had my Vita. Um, and the thing is, it, it turned out to be hugely beneficial to to PlayStation, because Rami's been kind enough to keep talking about this story. Um, (laughs) And and for me, it's kind of a little bit embarrassing, because I didn't really do it to, you know, it wasn't to score brownie points. I just thought, you know, he's in town, I love the guy, I've helped him to get to PlayStation, I don't want him leaving London thinking London's a crappy place. So what do I do? Just take him my Vita. So there was, there was no corporate plan or anything. Um, <laughs> sure. And then, then on the Sunday, you know, saw him again and picked up my Vita from his hotel, dropped him off at the coach station and off he went. It's, it's got nothing to do with business and everything to do with, it's just good to be nice to people, you know?
1: Sure.
2: Um, here, here. I agree. And, here, here.
3: and here. I must apologize. I, I didn't bring that up to embarrass you or anything. I was just kind of illustrating how um, just kind of the personability that there is working with you and, and with Sony, I guess, on a separate note um just it's, kind of yeah,
2: I, I, i'm not embarrassed at all um well maybe a little bit but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the the thing is people within playstation really do love uh the community i mean you look at guys like shane bettenhausen and nick sutner in the u.s they're lovely guys brian silver awesome guy adam boys is a vp you know he's he's like that as well he'll take take indies out for for dinner and at, at zero notice and just, you know, over here, we've got guys like Alessandro uh, Bovenzi, who's an absolute superstar. Um, my team, Spencer Lowe, Ben Andak, Lorenzo, of course, they're just absolutely brilliant. They're, they're always uh, willing to go the extra mile to help people. And it's not a business thing, you know, it's just it's they're good people and, and they like the community. And um, and I, I I think if you're nice to people, people are usually nice to you back. And it's a very, very simple human thing, really. It Doesn't really need much thought, does it? No, exactly.
0: I also want to make a bit, bit of shout out to Chris Owen, Sarah Weller, and Holly B as well for doing such amazing jobs at Sony. Uh, I mean, Chris Owen's put up with me tw- pestering him on the beta forums for about <laughs> four years now. That, that's a long time to put up with me. Yeah, we've got a
2: great team. If I, if, you know, I'd spend two hours of of your podcast just bigging up everyone at PlayStation who's who's awesome. Yeah. Uh. I won't do that.
0: I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> that,
2: that, that it's funny, um, Oscar Otherwise, it's funny you, <laughs> you
1: mention um, uh, uh, Nick Sutner. I think um, the guy's name is he. Uh, he actually used to work with us a long time ago at PSU. Right? So, yeah, he's yeah, great guy. He is. I I, I think I joined. Um, it was n- not too long before he left, but um, he seemed like a really cool guy. Actually, so that's great to see. Um, see how far he's progressed in those years. I mean, he used to. Um, I think he worked at One Up at one point before joining Sony. Right. right you're wrong yeah yeah but he's a great guy he is yeah it's great to see him doing well
0: <clears throat> oh who knows one day i might work for... <laughs> i could have done that sentence one day i might work for sony <laughs> you'd
1: be really surprised oh. that's how a lot of people start off you know they start off in the um the community sections and everything they build their way up you never know it happens
3: oh. yeah so some... yeah <clears throat> be awesome so well Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, carry on. Go ahead. Yeah, this happens a lot. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one time where I um, more recently listened to you speaking. Um, it was with that Spartan show thing. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Spartan show. Um, for for those of you who don't remember, the Spartan show was this uh, couple who found a new way to use the Playroom. They, they used it and the PlayStation camera to start kind of their own talk show thing, and, and Shahid was a guest on it at one point. Um, have you seen the Playroom used in any other creative way since? Uh,
2: I've not really been keeping an eye on that. Um, no. the, 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 despite appearances, the extent of my reach is actually quite limited. So sure. I, I give the appearance of multitasking, but actually I, I don't actually do that much. <laughs>
3: Sure. You do enough, mate. You do enough. More than enough. I was just asking because uh, Playroom's kind of cool and obviously there were some um, issues with content and uh, working with Twitch. But um, it's just kind of been, it was just kind of a surprise. I think it took everyone, it caught everyone off guard and it was just such an amazing kind of thing to come out of the blue like that.
2: Here's, here's the thing about new technology. Innovation is beautiful for one really important reason. and And that reason is that We don't always know what's going to come out of it when we invent. You you might have a particular uh, usage uh, case in mind. But then the world will surprise the hell out of you and and show you something that you'd never expected. That's the beautiful thing about innovation. And that's why I love to see it. And that, that for me is what PlayStation is about. We love to innovate because we know that we're going to get surprised by it as well.
3: I love that. And Sony has its own kind of labs as well, where it's working on things like facial recognition and all sorts of cool things. I saw a video on that recently. Have you, have you gotten the, the chance to see any of that? Yeah.
2: Dr. Richard Marks for the win. The guy's an absolute legend. Um, he's, he's so scarily clever, um, that I'm, I'm pretty sure my brain would crash if we ever had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love- sort of like what my brain's doing right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love, pe- I love people like that. Like, the, the technology that, that people are playing with right now is just amazing. And, and of course, I, when I say people, I mean all sorts of companies, Google and stuff. But um, I was really surprised, very pleasantly so, to see uh, some of the kind of stuff that Sony has been experimenting with and um, hoping to see some of it come to a console eventually. That would be mm-hmm. so cool.
2: Watch this space. Okay. <laughs> uh... I <still> said. <laughs> Yes. said. O- okay, Shahid.
0: Uh... One suggestion. Could we have Goat Simulator on the PS4 or Vita? Oh, my
3: goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No.
0: <laughs> can we,
2: please? please. That, that would be entirely up to uh, the developer.
0: Okay, I'm going to have to find out who he is and email him and throw him <laughs> and see if I can fund him. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll only say one thing. It's that I get asked about games coming to PlayStation all the time, and it's never a no. It's always a case of, well, how many people do we have to be able to support them getting onto the platform and working our way through a queue to make sure they're all set up and they've got everything they need? And the likelihood is that if you think a game is cool, that at some point we, we will probably already have had a conversation with those people, but we just don't talk about it publicly. Uh,
0: did, has anyone suggested Goat Simulator yet, or was I one of the
2: first? <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, have to hear
3: that but this, guy, yeah. this guy's been talking about Goat Simulator for a few episodes of both of our podcasts now, it must yeah. be an awesome game oh, yeah. okay and
0: I know this will probably be a no comment but the people above me told me I had to ask this question is there any any, any, any teases about that secret project you couldn't talk about on Twitter? no okay <laughs> <laughs> that I, I asked. You can't blame me, Steven. Very straightforward. Just, just trust
2: yeah. me. It's spectacular. Yeah. Excellent.
0: I, we trust you. Trust that's me.
2: all I wanted to hear. It's spectacular. <laughs> yeah. I'm still tingling thinking about it.
3: I, I'm scared now. Okay, I, I liked you for a while, Shahid, but <laughs> now I think you're just a mean person, okay? <laughs>
0: No, I I just kind of wanted to get my wallet instead. and Just go. I, I don't care now. If, if he likes it, it must be good.
3: <laughs> now I'm I'm going to yeah. be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Like, what what is this? Why can, what is this? What is what, what is he not telling me? What is going on? So, thank you, thank you, Mister Cheyenne. <laughs> um,
0: and the last one is pretty much uh, off topic. Really, I uh, I follow a charity a group called Able Gamers. <laughs> they do a lot of charity streams for. Well, do a lot of streams for charity, right? Um, and they told uh, the guy in chat, well, who does a lot of the streams, he told me just to do a bit of a shout out to you about it. Oh, that was about yeah, it,
2: right? Uh, anything I can just anything? Say uh, about
0: it? He would he would like to try and contact you about um, some promotions in the future, maybe.
2: Yeah, give him my email address. You've got my work email address, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I do. If that's okay. But by with all you. means.
2: Yes. Yeah. Awesome.
0: They've they've raised a lot of money during Pax over the last few weeks. So, and I've supported them for a few years now myself with a bit of money when I have it. But I just thought I'd like to give a bit of a shout out if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Um, but th- that's pretty much all my questions right now. My my brain has died. <laughs> Anyone else? I think it's like it's... it
3: could it could only hang on for so long.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's gone now. <laughs> uh, the nerves are finally kicking in properly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you did great, man. You did great.
0: <laughs>
2: right.
3: Thank you so much, man, for, for being on uh, Unchained with us today. It's been a treat.
2: You're most welcome, and, and thank you for hosting me. No, it's our pleasure.
1: For... It's our pleasure. Thank you very yeah. much for joining us, Shahid. It's, um, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the most senior member here, so I'll say on behalf of myself and the rest of PSU, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye, okay. Bye-bye See ya.
0: See you. Hello, everyone. We're carrying on. Uh, Mr. Shahid had to leave. You heard those sirens. I kind of got in trouble for, you know, hold, holding them here too long. And, well, they're on to you, Ben. Yeah, they're on to me now. I, I better... I better, I had to go and, yeah, encode my podcast so I can don't get caught again.
1: Yeah, we're, we're recording from a secret underground location. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is ironic because my flat is in a basement. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll go on straight to the news. Our main topic of the week has already been over, so we're going to just go quickly if you news topics. Cool. Uh, the Walking Dead Season 2 PS Vita launch trailer, Clementine today is now literally in your hands.
1: I like that. Yeah, I, I can not resist uh,
0: that. <laughs> by the amazing Mike Harrington. <laughs> Telltale Games has exhumed a decomposing launch trailer for Walking Dead Season 2 for PS Vita. Episode 1, 2 of the story-driven zombie adventure hit, hit um, the latest handheld today in North America Arriving in Europe tomorrow, which was the past.
1: Yeah, that was... Uh, you can already buy yeah, it. Yeah, that was the last... Uh, uh, PS, uh, last week's PSN update because we'll be playing, yeah. obviously, this podcast will be up on the new week. <laughs> Here we <So> go again. <laughs> this,
0: the future past yes. again. Yeah.
1: Which I've downloaded already. I have downloaded on my beta. I can't wait to play those. Um, I love the first um, season. So
0: Anyway, they'll set you back $4.99 each. I'm not sure about the European price. 3 but... Three ninety nine. Uh $3.99. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we've got a review up already for the PS3 version of episode 1 and 2, so have a quick look, have a quick click, and have a look, a bit of a read with your eyes.
3: With your eyes. <laughs> uh, not, not with your toes. Or with your eyes. With your eye. uh,
0: so yeah, Glenn, what's your opinion on this?
3: On The Walking Dead? Yeah. Um. Okay, you might hate me for this. I am not a huge Walking Dead fan. In general,
1: um, well, or are you talking about like in general, or just like the TV show or the games? Or in in
3: general, see, I'm not a I'm not a big zombie person. Um, ah. I I hear I hear so much of everything. I don't know what the heck is up with people. Why every why everything about zombies is such a big deal all of a sudden? Like everyone loves zombies, zombies everywhere. You know, zombie apocalypse. You know, I I don't get it. No, I'm with you there
1: because I grew up with, um, you know, Resident Evil did zombies years before all of this, you know, it's like, yeah, we've done this, guys, you know, George Romero did it with his Night of the Living Dead trilogy, it's nothing new, you know, I I don't understand why everyone has to put zombies in everything, maybe even, they've even infested like Saints Row and, um, you know, Call of Duty and stuff, so I I agree with you there, man, sorry, I just had to... (laughs) Say
3: that. <laughs> even guild wars 2 i love guild wars 2 but i am so tired of fighting freaking zombies mm. i hate i'm, I'm done with zo- i don't i don't hate the whole zombie thing i'm just tired of it so um yeah i, I haven't bothered picking up walking dead um I'm, i've heard it's a good game i'm super glad that it is i'm glad that people are enjoying it it's not for me
0: the zombies okay. in Cry 14 are some of the best zombies ever during the Hildebrand side quest it's a joke, sort of joke storyline that whole side quest thing
3: uh-huh. um,
0: you fight zombie versions of him that dance and pose as you hit them
3: <laughs>
0: they do like, different, like they sort of glimmer their teeth at you and pose and put their arms in the air and do little 80s sort of disco style dancing as you hit them
1: oh brilliant <laughs> it, it,
0: it is one of the best quests well to be fair the, the whole Hildebrand quests are amazing because you go from that to fighting a man that turns you into frogs that you have to chase, get run away from chickens from. <laughs> uh, I just love that quest line. And while we're talking about Pharmacy 14, um, new jobs confirmed to Pharmacy 14 alongside Golden Saucer and PvP details. Basically, they've pretty much confirmed that the next job will either be Ninja or Thief, and there'll be a gun class added in after 2.3 and also the golden saucer which a lot of final fantasy 7 fans will know adds chocobo racing and other mini games
1: so wow it... so i was just going to say the gold saucer is in that's is in final fantasy 7 gold saucer yep. you know yeah muse- it'd be a big amusement part right
0: yeah they can add that into fantasy 14
1: oh wow Sweet. Oh, chocobo racing god that reminds that oh that I don't know. I swear that took up so much of my time on Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, just trying to get a gold Chocobo. Yeah. All that racing and everything, and the breeding and everything. Jeez.
3: Uh,
0: I wonder. I wonder if my fat Chocobo will be any use. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: mm. uh, they're adding a new PvP system called Frontlines, which will be eight versus eight versus eight combat. Which will be unlike the current PvP system. It's actually based on the real, uh, based on the actual world map. So as you're exploring the area you're in, eventually there'll be PvP matches pop up that way if you run into the circle you can start fighting each other to own that part of land.
1: Oh cool. Um, I haven't played the game, so I yeah. can't really comment after, but Gold Saucer, well hey, that's got my vote.
0: And <laughs> also there's going to be two new summons for the summoner, which will be Leviathan and Ramu. Um
1: Oh cool, yeah, yes. that rings a bell, Ramu, yeah. He I think was he lightning in Final Fantasy Seven?
0: Yeah, he's always
1: lightning. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah, cool. And Leviathan My is a
0: giant water lizard.
1: Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And Good, Leviathan's
0: a lot of fun to fight in 14 because you can actually already fight them, Leviathan. And it's right. a really fun fight because as you find it rocks the boat and you get knocked over to the side and you got to attack it when it comes out of the water. It's quite a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, so while we're talking about Fantasy 14, I'm going to big up this this unknown reviewer. I've never heard this guy before. uh. We'll Going straight to reviews of this. This <laughs> review of this person, Mister Ben Jimin Shilabhall. Who's who he? Who's what? Who the heck is that? I know he sounds. Yeah. He
1: sounds stupid. How know. did he get in there? How did he get in this um, group? Just, jeez. How did he worm his way in?
0: <laughs> he, he just like he appeared out nowhere. He's like some sort of wizard. <laughs> anyway, let's let's go into his review for some reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, he gave it a nine point five. Uh, his summary was, A realm reborn on PS4 is a visually stunning and technical marvel of polished gameplay and a grand story true to the Final Fantasy tradition. Highly recommend it and worth every penny. We like a mix of casual and hardcore post-game content, highly accessible, impressive visual presentation. We dislike bland voice acting and frame rate dips. Uh, to address someone in the comments, one of the main reasons I put that frame rate as a dislike was, even though it doesn't really affect the gameplay because it's an MMO it was very hard to put dislikes for this game mm-hmm. and it, the, the the frame rate dips did get a bit annoying on certain fights but overall it was it is a very smooth game and I do recommend it for anyone who, who likes MMOs and likes the Final Fantasy genre altogether so yeah
3: um, I see I'm still working through 10 and 10 10.2 uh, mostly 10 yeah. um, this this guy here got me 10 for and 10.2 for my birthday on my yeah. Vita this,
0: this guy called Ben Shlubihull
3: yeah, this, this, what you got you
1: got Glenn the games? Yeah, I bought them. Oh sweet yeah. man, that's uh, that's that's wow cool. <laughs> that was
3: like the the nicest thing that someone I have never met in person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it did the same for me on my birthday. You gave me um, how much was it? I can't remember now. It's quite. Like, I think was it was it 15, a... fifteen. No, it's like fifteen twenty quid, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I bought
0: my late Pharmacy fourteen yesterday for random reasons, just so I could play it. Oh man! It was a game. is, like, I, I want to buy it, but I don't want to pay monthly. So I said, "Okay, I, I bought him the game and gave him some subscription. Paid for a subscription and bought him the game." I
1: said, "Oh, geez, now you're man. gonna have to play." You know, people are gonna, gonna be thinking you're like um, the Scrooge McDuck of um, PSU.com. <laughs> Filthy Rich. <Ridge. laughs> They're gonna be saying, <laughs> "It's my birthday." Hint, hint.
0: <laughs> uh, the thing is, though, at least Scrooge, I don't know, Scrooge McDuck would be a bit com- weird. because com- I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not tight with money. If a mate needs money, then here you go. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, good point. Yeah, Scrooge wouldn't, no, no. Uh,
0: Scrooge would say, like, ah, my gold, my gold.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, okay, anyway, we, we don't want to t- stay too long, so we'll go to the next review, King Oddball. Oh. So it's a review about me. It's a personal biography oh. of me, King Oddball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's written by John Paul Jones, which is... I think one of our new writers, because I've not heard that name. Yeah, before.
1: he's a, he's, a, he's our free, one of our freelancers. Uh, um, yeah, Stephen uh, um, Stephen's in touch with him.
0: Ah, uh, well, hello, freelancer person. <laughs> um,
1: hey, man. <laughs> hello.
0: Uh, summary: A standout. Oh, sorry. Review score of seven point five. A summary: A standout physics puzzler, very much in the Angry Birds mold. King of has enough tweets and accessibility of play to make it worthwhile proposition. For most, though, folks' advised to charms of Rovio's avian slinger will find little here to change their minds. My God, I can't speak. Uh, <laughs> we like accessible, one-button gameplay, well-judged, bite-sized levels, and difficulty curve. Trophy support and remote play expertly integrated.
3: It's uh, it's um sorry. it's a little remnant from Shahid being here. You're you're still a little yeah, tongue tied. Yeah, it's it is. Always...
0: Yeah, we dislike. Leads a little too strongly on the established Angry Birds formula. Not a lot of rarity. Overly simplistic visual aspects, which don't really tax the PS4. To be fair, with that last one, you don't really need all games to tax a console.
1: Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, any any opinions on this? Anyone played it? Um, I haven't played it. No, sorry. I um, I've been um, I've been too busy playing um some of my other back catalogue. To be honest, to get into any new stuff lately. But cool. <laughs>
0: Uh, and our next review is Demon Gaze by by Dane you should buy his book on Amazon Smith
1: oh yeah <laughs> of course
0: uh,
3: Dane you should buy his book on Amazon Smith hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just gotten a new nickname for him for Racial Diversity Gaming Hour
1: sounds good
0: <laughs> uh, he gave an 8.5 summary of a fun grind heavy dungeon crawler that shows off some wonderful anime designs it is an easy pick up For most RPG fans, but especially for those looking for an old school wizardry experience, we like the anime-inspired character designs, artifacts that class bend the characters, great combat music, the generic background environment starts off slow, the poor field music. Uh, Normally, I don't talk about the the actual description of the review because well, you can read it with your eyes rather than actually having to hear it in my ears, for your ears. Um, (laughs) But I have to, I have to mention this sure this, this intro is just so funny dungeon crawlers are like gordon ramsey certified beef wellington's of role-playing games just <laughs> the best intro ever
1: yeah well, i had fun reading i, that, had, yeah. I had to mention that <laughs> yeah that, that was fun <laughs> uh
0: so that's our reviews for this week i think
1: yeah uh um, do you want me to do you want me to read out the emails at all or are you going to do uh, that
0: yeah, you can read out the email. I'll give bike. you a
1: break, I think. Yeah. I need, I need okay, to... well we got two from Superfan Alfonso Boxill as usual. Uh uh this uh okay, this one he says, sorry guys i haven't been keeping in touch much on Twitter, I usually but he's been working late shifts. Uh uh he's saving to buy a PS4 though, as you know you um you guys probably know. Uh Fonz has been desperate to get his hands on the PS4, he's been in entering pretty much every competition he can get his hands on so far. It's true. No luck. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, he's saving for one, so keep keep at it, man. Keep saving them pennies or cents, should I say? <laughs> uh, hope it was all hope hope all is well with everyone. Plus Mike, you need Twitter. Uh, well, no comment on the last one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're good, man. Good to hear from you again. Um, and I promised Shahid that I would get Twitter, so um, <laughs> what can I say? Uh, lastly, he says I want to say that I play Batman Arkham Origin, Blackgate on the Vita and I enjoy it. It's a good game for the Vita and an easy pattern to earn, so we'll get it on ps3 to see what changes they made and might get on twitter <laughs> i have a feeling how he's going to sign off all his emails from now on <laughs> for now
0: until you get that Twitter for now,
1: account you yeah promised. for now yeah um yeah that's uh actually no, no 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 that isn't actually all um i do apologize um if you guys will just bear with me a sec, we actually have another email from one of our old listeners if it's possible because um, pretty much um alfonso is pretty much our oldest listener um it's from Brett. I don't know if you guys remember Brett. He used to email um, Unchained a few times. And he uh, went on sort of a... Uh, yeah, Brett Johnson, he went on kind of a hiatus. Uh, but um, I think that was him anyway. Uh, oh, dear. It may I may not be able to locate his email at the moment. Uh, no, I do. I have it right here. Excellent. Cool. He says, Hey, guys, does anyone know anything about when Primal Carnage Genesis is coming out for PS4? All I can find is a trailer which was shown last year. It was really... Lo- I was really looking forward to this game since it's been years since we had a good dinosaur game. Sorry, I don't count... I don't count Telltale's Jurassic Park and Tour up was ages ago. Very true. So what do you guys think? Are dinosaurs extinct from video games? Is there no room uh, for them amongst all the zombies, aliens, dragons, trolls, etc.? that plague our games now. Uh... He writes, uh, "P.S. Sorry, it's been forever since I've written to you. A lot of shit has happened in my life since then. I've always listened to podcasts when I could. Well, I'd like to start say start by saying, Brett, it's good to hear from you again, man. I hope everything is all right. Um, it's um, really, really cool to hear from you. Uh, I don't know much about Primal Carnage. Um, I don't know if one of you guys. Um, I'll answer your question. I don't know if one of you guys wants to try and look and see if you've got a release date for this game on Wikipedia when I read out this email. But that would be Brett, That would be good." primal Primal carnage primal carnage genesis yeah and as for your question brett um I personally would like to see dinosaurs back in a video game a proper decent dinosaur. I would I was a massive fan of Dino Crisis and I think that's one of that's one of the best games to feature dinosaurs in definitely. And I'm not saying that just because it's made by Capcom Resident Evil. I think uh Dino Crisis 1 and 2 were fantastic. We won't mention the third one because that's just abysmal. But um yeah, I think there's uh, I think there's definitely room. I think I think that particular avenue needs to be filled by something um, you know, a, a, a really decent AAA game. Um, although, you know, while we were speaking about indies earlier on, I think it'd be great to see a small indie game tackle the dinosaur genre as well. I mean, I just think it, it's been a long time, like you said, especially with, um, you know, zombies, especially. We were just saying, me and Glenn were just talking about zombies. They're just all over the place at the moment. They're ubiquitous, um, if I said that right. Uh, um, I, I think they need to have a break from zombies and um, even some of the fantasy ends, like trolls and stuff. You know, we see a lot of those. I I say... Bring back the dinosaurs. Give me some T-Rex, Velociraptor, uh, Plesiosaurs, Pteranodons. Give me some of that, yeah. And I think I think the best way to introduce this would be with a Dino Crisis reboot. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, do,
3: we do have a Godzilla movie coming out too, so maybe there's yeah. something to this dinosaur thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, any, uh, anything on Primal Carnage Genesis at all?
3: All we know is that it was announced in March last year for PC yeah. and PlayStation 4. It's um, going to be released first on PS4 as a time-exclusive. Okay. Um, otherwise I see nothing as far as a release date
1: okay alright
0: sorry about I, that for what I've looked up it, yeah. it's been put on hold right now while they fixed some issues with the original uh, the uh-huh. original took four years of development time so who knows how long this will take
1: ah okay well there you go brett um don't hold your breath i think the main uh message is there and um, again man thanks for contacting us um email um if you get time email us again man it'd be great to we we'll read out all your emails um on the show no matter how many uh there are of them because um let's face it we uh pretty much only really get funds and as awesome as that is it'd be great to get some more so and that goes for all you guys podcast at psu.com guys send us your emails comments criticism it's all welcome as long as you're nice in the criticism you, department you know Mike,
3: <laughs> uh, um, if, if... If you've got a Twitter, you might see some of the tweets people leave us.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could
0: have... You could get tweets straight away and read everything.
3: Peer pressure.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Peer pressure. Oh, I had this lot a few years ago from Justin Titus and a few hours. God, I thought I escaped it, but never. Okay, <laughs> that's, uh, that's all the emails, guys. So, uh, uh, Ben, I'll hand it back to you, Dude, to close the thing. Oh, close thank you. Well, actually, right?
0: by closing it, I'm going to go back to you guys. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Mike, have you got any shout outs?
1: Yeah. Um, actually, well, it seems kind of redundant now. I just spoke to, uh, spoke about them, but um, Fons and Brett. Great to hear from you guys again. Hope you're doing well. Uh, oh yeah, also my mate Richard Manon, who works at PlayStationTrophies.org. I think that's the name of the site. My, um, the URL. I think I might, think I got it right. Uh, I met him at the uh, Metal Gear Solid um, Ground Zeroes uh, review event. Top bloke, really, really cool, and bloody good writer as well. So hope you're doing well, mate. Uh, apart from that, just all you guys on the podcast. It's great to um, speak to you guys again. Rest of the PSU crew, all our listeners. Uh, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Uh, Glenn, any questions? Oh, no, for sorry. You? And
1: Shahid, of oh, course. Yeah. Shahid, for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I've said that a million times already. <laughs> and
0: Glenn, any, any shout outs for you?
3: Yes, of course. One more quick shout out to Shahid. Thank you for joining us again today. Um, shout out, of course, to our listeners. Shout out to my friends, my family, anyone who's mm-hmm. listening who has any inkling of who I am. Thank you. And I have a shout out just for you. Um, real quick, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. We are awesome, I promise you. Uh, go ahead, subscribe us, leave us a review, um, and you can have both of our amazing podcasts downloaded to all of your iThings automatically. In fact, on RDGH, I've been doing this thing where I'll um, read any reviews that we get on the air. So go ahead and send us all a review, subscribe to us. Um, also follow us on Twitter, PSU, dot Psu.com.: And don't Great.
0: worry, you don't have to put with my hosting skills on all of them. It's just okay. occasionally on some of them
3: yeah <laughs> well, you're, you're on rdgh too I, know. So.
0: It, I, I am everywhere on all your i things at all
3: the times You <laughs> the <best. laughs> i wonder if, i wonder i things has been my word i wonder if i can get i things to catch on somehow
1: i think it should i think it. it's great it covers everything yeah. you don't need so to worry cool. about proper names i things yeah about i thing there you go it was <laughs> uh, under the umbrella yeah <laughs> the i umbrella and
0: i shall do my quick shout outs i want a big shout out to Crimson Canucci because you know I told you I would so here you go Um Craigums and Nick uh, uh, and Bryzak uh, uh, I always as I said earlier I like watching your charity streams on Able Gamers and hopefully I can help you guys a little bit with what I can do and
1: what about Twitters uh, uh, Twitter. Uh,
0: I want to make a big shout out to Shahid as well thank you thank you so much for being on and thank you for putting up with me <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's hard to put up with me. I can put, barely put up with me, so. He, what about he, con- he comes,
3: he comes, He's come under PSU and it's like he, we've been thanking him incessantly since he got on. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: How about contacts, guys? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Mike, you first? Uh, you can contact me at mike.haridance at and most probably Twitter in the future.
0: Yes. <laughs> Join us. Join us. <laughs> You know, I might put that in my, you know, if I ever changed, you know, ever get a new site I'm having to write for, I'll yeah. put, wrote, did podcasts, hosted podcasts, write views, write news, force Mike Harrodens to get Twitter.
1: <laughs> I'm on your many accomplishments.
3: <laughs> just add that to your resume, you know. Just... Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a good communicator. I have people skills. I can yeah. convince people to do what they want.
0: Um, and Glenn, how can, they, how can they contact you with their, with their hands?
3: With their, ha- <laughs> with their hair, that's a little, that's a little strange. Um, with their typings. With their typing, okay, I'll accept that one. Um, as always, you can reach me on Twitter, unlike some people in this podcast, at yes. goglen underscore, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore, or you can send me an email um, at glenn.gordon at psu.com.
1: And how about you, Ben? Uh, you can
0: always contact me at chili underscore UK. Or Ben dot Hall at PSU dot com. So from everyone, I think I think that's everything. So from everyone yep. at PSU and from everyone here on Unchained, I want to say thank you so much for listening,
3: and see you all next week.
1: Yep, take it easy, guys.